Welcome to today's podcast by Preacher, as he provides sound teaching on the pure and undiluted truth of God's Word, with life application that inspires you to live a holy life pleasing to God. We pray that these teachings will inspire you to live out your faith daily with confidence, be assured of your salvation in Christ, and God's unconditional love for you. Moses is speaking and he is saying, Then we set out from Horeb and went through all the great and terrible wilderness which you saw on the way to the hill country of the Amorites, just as the Lord our God has commanded us. And we came to Kadesh Barnea. And I said to you, You have come to the hill country of the Amorites, which the Lord our God is about to give us. See, the Lord your God has placed the land before you. Go up, take possession, as the Lord, the God of your fathers, has spoken uh, to you. Do not fear or be dismayed. And then begin with the 30th verse. The Lord your God, who goes before you, will himself fight on your behalf, just as he did for you in Egypt before your eyes. And in the wilderness where you saw how the Lord your God carried you, just as a man carries his son, in all the way which you have walked until you came uh, to this place. But for all this, you did not trust the Lord your God, who goes before you on your way to seek out a place for you to encamp, and far by night and cloud by day to show you the way in which you should go. Lord, help us to understand for the sake of our lives today what you're talking about here in your holy word. Claiming what's mine. The 21st verse, keep your mind on that verse. God has placed the land before you. I remember some few years ago being with a great uh, layman out of one of our churches here within the city out to west uh, on a hunting trip with him. And in the time that we were spent together on the road and out there in Colorado, got to talking to him about what was in the past. And he was telling me a very interesting story about his family, how years ago uh, that a fortune was brought from the Orient to this country by some of his people that lived before him and that he and several cousins were heirs to that massive uh, fortune that was not only made in the Orient, but, but was made a great deal of it, was added to it to here within uh, this great country of ours in days gone by. said how he tried, after he found out that he was heir to this great sum of money, how that he had tried to claim this for the family and for his cousins. Uh, but due to a technicality seemingly in the law and what he had to present, uh, that uh, actually the state was able to claim uh, this great fortune. I think it was the state of New York. I'm not sure about that. But one of our states claimed this massive fortune, and he and his cousins didn't get a dime out of it. Of course, I didn't feel too sorry for this friend that was telling me about this loss because he had plenty of money of his own that he had already made even back then, so he wasn't going to starve by any means. Uh, but um, I also found out, and you read it from time to time, about those people who take it upon themselves, try to find the heirs to lost fortunes. 
They tell me, and I've read it as you have, that there are millions of dollars uh, that are in the landing and saving institutions within this land of ours that belongs to someone else, uh, but they have lost uh, the people where it's supposed to go. And there are those people who try to make a living, and I suppose they do, finding the heirs of these fortunes that have been lost. Now, dear friends, you think that this morning that you don't have anything in common with a person like that, do you? But dear friends, I want to tell you, dear one, let me say to you, let me say to you, you are like you wouldn't believe, like you wouldn't believe. If you're not conscious of it this morning, I want you to know that according to God's word, that you're in a unique place and you're worth more than any millions that you could possibly have or someone else could have laid up for you here uh, within uh, this life. Have you claimed the possession that God has rightly given to you. You see, we don't think that we have too much in common with those people who lived 4,000 years ago that I read to you from the Word of God in the book of Deuteronomy. But you see, the same basic problems dilemma that they had is one and the same problem and dilemma that you and I have today. Now, I want you to get a picture of what we're talking about here within the Scripture, the background to it. You see, this is the second time that Moses has been down to the Jordan River. And the Jordan River is the only thing that separates the people of God from the promised land, from the land that God had promised to them before they left Egypt. Now they had spent 40 years. Now think of 40 years before they had almost precisely in the same situation. Maybe not the same place, but the same situation. They were back at the border. The only thing that separated them from what God had promised them to fulfill their lives, to fulfill their destiny for him and for the kingdom, the only thing that separated them from that was a river. Now, when we come to a place like that, whether it be a nation or a nation gone by or the people of God gone by, or whether it be a church today, or whether it be you as an individual, when you come to the place where you look back and see where you have been, and you know precisely where you are. And then you see the awesome possibilities that you have for the rest of your life. I want to tell you, you come to a very critical time in your life. It is a very, it is a very serious moment. It is a very serious moment. Because you see, you have arrived at this awesome place where you have to make a decision. The quality of my life always depends and always will depend upon me making a decision and hopefully making the right decision. Now you see the land was before them and they needed to possess it. Now dear ones, there are a few things that I am certain about in life simply because not only that I have been taught but I have lived long enough to know what I'm talking about. And I can say this without any hesitation and without any variable in it at all. And that being simply this, in the first place, every man, woman, boy and girl upon the face of this God-given earth that God has created. And the process of creating you, given to you the ability and capability that you have, the talent, and given to you the time to express your life. To every last living one of us, in a fashion, he has created a land for us to possess. A land for us to possess. A land for you uh, to possess. Now I have met many people in life that have gone in the wrong direction to possess the land that God had prepared for them. 
and countless multitudes of others who have settled on the wrong side of the river. You know, I do not know what shape the land represents for you. I don't know what it means in your life. But I know that there is that that represents this, what God has given out there for you and for me, for these lives of ours to be completely and totally fulfilled and they will never be completely and totally fulfilled and until at last we possess what God has set up for us to possess and until you do possess it it doesn't make any difference how wonderful it might be on this side of the river you will never have the fullness of life that God intended for you to have if the land is before you it is a foregone conclusion that God intended for you to have what he has placed before you. It doesn't make any difference what people say. It doesn't make any difference how difficult or how hard it might look to you at this moment. If the land is there, and it surely is, for each one of us, there is that out there that if you possess it, whatever it might be, is the one thing that will fill your life completely, totally, and if it's out there, it is the intent of God uh, that you have it. Now we find ourselves in the same position as these people of long ago in another fashion because we have to make a decision. The only thing wrong with the situation where I find myself is not the river, really, uh, that causes me the problem that I have to cross or I think I'm going to have to cross or that I must cross. And it's not the inhabitants of the land that is out there either, regardless of how fierce and, and how mean and cruel they may seem and even if they be as the people of long ago thought that the land was inhabited by giants that is not really my dilemma my dilemma basically is the same one that they faced of long ago and it comes down to something like this when I look at what I ought to be and what God has placed before me and I look at the place where I am it's easy for me to think, well, the wilderness is not such a bad place after all. Not really. We have managed this far. In fact, we have made this out of the river a right comfortable place in which to live. In fact, we look back on it and say, well, I have come a long ways. And in many ways, I have never had it so good. And one sure thing about it, I don't want to go back. And I'm not too sure I want to go ahead. My temptation precisely is the same temptation that they had of long ago. I want to stop the clock because it is too comfortable here right now. I've got things basically just about the way that I want it. And I want you to note, dear friends, that whether you're comfortable or not is not really the question. Not really the question. The real question is, have you and are you in the process of possessing the land that God has given to you? The sad truth is, we come close, and then we stop. And that is also true as a church, as it is for an individual, as it is for a nation. You see, in this great land of ours that you and I live in and we love, there's no land upon the face of God-given earth, dear friends, like the United States. And yet we have not arrived yet in many ways. Because you see, as long as there are men and women in this country of ours that do not have the rights that they should have that all of us have and until that day comes we have never really crossed into the land 
that God intended for us to be in. And you know, there's another thing that puzzles me greatly. I, I can't understand this to save my soul. I have no answer for it. I'm not so wise, but it seems to me like that a country, think about this now, a country that has the wisdom and the understanding and the knowledge to be able to take a man from this earth and place him on the moon and then fire the rockets that need to be fired from there to bring him back to this earth, completely whole and all together. My, what wisdom and what understanding, what learning it takes to be able to do this. And yet with all this wisdom and understanding that, that this country of ours has, we still have not been able to solve and resolve the dilemma and figure out how we can take the grain from our loaded bins that are burdened down with grain and are a real problem today within this country of ours. Uh, the oversupply. Why is it that we haven't been able to figure out a simple way how to move that grain from those bins to the people who are starving to death today? And yet we haven't been able to do it. And I know that this land that you love, and this land that I love, we have not reached that place yet for I know that God would have us to be. And then, not only think of it as a nation, we think of our situation where we are to be a complicated situation, and it is made so simply because that we have lived this way so long that we hardly suspect there's another way to live. Now, I said this is the second time that these people of God had been to the border, to Jordan River, they crossed into the Promised Land. They had been there 40 years before. And they goofed it 40 years before. Now, many times we don't have the same privilege that they have. If we goof it one time, it's gone forever in many situations. But these folk had a second chance at it. And here they were again at the border of the Promised Land. Do they know that there's a different way to live? The process and this business of going out here and possessing the land that God has given to you the same time that he created you. The other problem in it is to be found because there are some things that you and I hold on to today that we must let go. We must turn loose of. If we are going to possess the land that God has given to us, for most of us it means that there are certain things that you will have to let go. Also, it is a risky, chancy, dangerous situation. And to claim what God has given to you and what he has for you, if you think that is so, you're right on target. You're right on target. Because it might be costly. He didn't say that you'd always be comfortable and you see, when you look at it on the surface, and you see why these people hesitated. You know, I don't have to look at your own life to know why you hesitate. I know because I have a human heart too. And I know that there's one thing. I am connected with these people in a real way, though they lived 4,000 years ago. But my heart is almost one and the same with them. On the surface, it looks like the reason I don't want to cross the Jordan 
and possess all that God has given to me and make the most of my opportunities and take advantage of what God has given to me is because the river looks so fierce and dangerous. Or you might think it's because the people that inhabit the land. It's going to be a costly thing to me to be able to do what I need to do in order that I would have the fullness of life. And so you might think that I'm afraid. That's not the real problem. That's not the real problem. You see, the real problem is, is one and the same with you, with me, and with them. And there was only one problem, friend, not two. Now listen carefully. Now listen carefully, because you're going to miss it if you don't. The real reason that these people of long ago failed to do what God had asked them to do and what they needed to do for their own life and for the nation and for Him is one and the same for you and me. It was not fear. It was a loss of faith. They could not trust God. And there's precisely where I stand. It comes down to this, that I falter and fail simply because I do not trust God the way that I ought to. One man looked at the situation that they were in and said that God has brought us here to destroy us. Another man looked at the situation, the same situation, and said that God has brought us to this place in order that we might be delivered. Read the story again. If you think it was fear, it's because they could not trust God. And what a miserable group of frustrated people they were until at last they come to the place where they can trust God to deliver them. Now, friend, here's where you and I stand today, right here. Now, it comes down to it. Do you trust God to give to you the fullness of life that he intended for you to have when he created you? If you believe that, then there's nothing upon the face of it. Listen, listen, there's nothing upon the face of this God-given earth can stop you from taking what God has promised you to start with. There is no force. There is no force upon the face of this earth can stand between you and the fullness of life as God intended for you to have it. There's only one thing that does. And that is the slowness of your own heart and soul to believe God. Now to close with, I want to tell you the most wonderful thing of all. Now I want you to notice this. There was only one thing wrong with them settling on one side of the Jordan instead of on the other. And simply they were not in a place where God intended for them to be. And so when they made up their mind, they crossed the Jordan. Now listen to the promise of God. The 30th, 31st, 32nd, and 33rd verses of the book of Deuteronomy. Now listen. Do you want to be in a place where God is? And you want to be where you know that the God is. This is a desire of your heart and my heart every day. Now it's interesting to note what is the promise of God to you and to me, both in the Old Testament and one of the last things that Jesus said before he left was basically one and the same thing uh, that God is saying here to his people. What is God going to do? If you will cross the Jordan, notice the if in a sense. If you will cross the Jordan, if you will move to take possession of your life the way that God has intended for you to take hold of it in order that you might be able to have the fullness of life. If you will cross the Jordan, what am I going to do? I am going to go with you and fight the battles with you. I am going to go on ahead of you and I am going to find the best campsite where you can camp for the night. And I'm not going to leave you alone at night when the darkness comes and the hardships and these things sitting on you. I'm not going to leave you alone. What am I going to do? He says, I'm going to give you a fire, a pillow far by night. 
You're going to be able to see and be comforted in your own being regardless of what other situations might be around you. Thirdly, he says you're going to have a cloud to protect you by day. Do you see what God is saying? If you will just move on to do what I've asked you to do to fulfill your life and make it complete and total, there's a place I'm going to be with you. I have promised you. I have given my word. I have given my sacred word to you that I'm going to be with you. If in a sense you'll just cross the Jordan and possess the land that I have prepared for you to take. This is why it's a mandate on each one of us to not settle on the wrong side of the river, but to move to possess and take charge of the inheritance that God has so wonderfully and so beautifully given to you. Oh, my Father, help this soul of mine to understand what it has heard this morning so that it might move to the fullness of life in the Lord Jesus Christ. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Thanks for listening. Hope you were blessed. We pray the Holy Spirit will make you a doer of His words, finishing the work He started in making you more like Christ for the transformation of this world and preparation for heaven. 